Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Championship Roundtable podcast. You can find the show at Championship Pod on Twitter. I'm Louis Shackshaft. Today I'm joined by Jake Jackman and Lewis Hobbs. Plenty to talk about as ever. Uh, let's get straight into it. Jake, as usual, you never miss a show these days. So do you want to take us through the results as you always do from the from the weekend? Yeah, it does feel like it. I'm not missing the show, Louis. And obviously, what you want on a championship podcast is a Newcastle support. So let's just hit these results. <laughs> a slightly, uh, slightly fewer games than normal because of the FA Cup. But starting off at lunchtime, obviously the big game. Uh, Sheffield United going away to Leeds and a top of the table clash, winning one nil. Uh, Leeds having a player sent off, which amazingly uh, led to Pontus Janssen going in goal. I'm sure we'll come on to that one later. Preston getting a late goal to win at Birmingham to keep their playoff hopes alive. Aston Villa uh, picking up their sort of um, form going into the last few games, beating Middlesbrough in a playoff clash 3-0 in what was a comfortable win. Brentford, normally good at home, but losing 1-0 to West Brom, um, who are sort of picking up their form after the, the, the second-hand manager. Yep. Hull drawing 2 all with QPR. Uh, Ipswich drawing 1-0 with Nottingham Forest. Rotherham. Losing uh, at home to Norwich 2-1, which is quite a big win for Norwich considering Rotherham are quite good at home, or at least better than they are away. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday keeping their slight playoff hopes alive, winning 4-2 against Blackburn. Stoke drawing 0-0 with Reading and Wigan winning 5-2 against Bolton. Some great results as ever. Like I say, I say this every week. Uh, but what I want to do is come to you first, Lewis. And as you're a Sheffield United fan, we all know what you did at the weekend. So if you can exclude that fixture for us, if you don't mind, and tell us what your biggest win or biggest surprise from the weekend was. Um, yeah, obviously, I'd like to just talk about uh, the weekend for an hour, if that were possible. But I've got to talk we'll come about on the... to it. We'll come on to it for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, well, talking about United, I've actually got um, Wednesday's victory over Blackburn down, not as um, as a surprise victory, but as an outstanding victory um, by all. Um, Steve Bruce coming in charge at Wednesday. Um, I don't know what your opinions were on that when he first joined, but I mean, he's doing a fantastic job so far. Yeah, um, from a sinking ship, what it seemed like at the start of the season. He's now what got you two points away from the playoffs, which just seems seems ridiculous, um, especially from a United perspective. Seeing as we've been marching on all season on how how far ahead we are of of you lot, and now the gap isn't that big. Um, so yeah, um, I mean Barry Bannon was absolutely outstanding um, against Blackburn. Was it at two definite assists? But I mean, the offer right. created from from Bannon, so it it should really be going down as three assists. Um, and he's he's coming to a bit of a, a spark of form. So now 
it's getting a bit harder on Twitter when I'm battling against Wednesday fans trying to say how much John Fleck is better than him. I've actually now got to provide some statistics on it because Barry Bannon's actually playing really well. Um, but another game, which I'm sure you guys are going to go on to, is, and I won't talk too much about, um, Villa's 3-0 win um, against Borough. Um, I'm not sure what's happening um, down at, um, up at Middlesbrough, should I say, from me. Um, Tony Pulley seems to be losing a bit of the, a bit of the dressing room with how they're playing as of late. And I mean, if they want to to secure a playoff position, losing three nil against Villa isn't the uh, right way to go about it. Um, the best defense in the league and conceding three goals. I mean, John McGinn and Jack Grealish were both outstanding, and they seem to really uh, gelling together in midfield. But um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, um, how Middlesbrough are going to get on and whether they might even drop out of the playoffs if they carry on. Yeah, you're right there. It's a funny one, actually. I saw a statistic that Aston Villa have scored more goals at home this season than Borough have combined home and away. Um, and that just goes to show, obviously, in that game with, with Villa winning 3-0, one of the biggest wins for me this weekend also. Uh, a fantastic victory for them, which puts them, obviously, in into the playoff spots now and I'm glad you mentioned Sheffield Wednesday actually not only because we got the victory against Blackburn like you say which didn't come as a, a surprise as such it's just we're one of the form teams in the championship with Sheffield United which will come on to uh, with Preston and with Norwich City as well so like you say Steve Booth's doing a fantastic job so far any other games will come to you Jake that you'd like to mention at all from the weekend? Yeah, I think the the main ones have already been picked up on. Obviously, that Sheffield United win, which we'll come on to later. Uh, I think Wigan uh, winning five two at home is quite a big win. Um, obviously, beating Bolton is to be expected. Um, Bolton are an absolute shambles with everything going on there off the field. Did get a win a couple of weeks ago, but yeah, they look they look dead and buried, don't they? Really. Um, and for Wigan, um, if they if they hadn't have won. They'd have, you know, they were joint on points with, with Rotherham, pressure was building, and to win in the way they did, five goals, builds a lot of confidence. Uh, and, and they've got a lot of good players there, and I think that that, that should you know start them off on a on a surge to survival. Um, not that we can really call it a surge, but I think they should have you know more than, than Reading and, and Rotherham in particular. So I think that was a big win for them, mainly for confidence, because, you know, Beating, beating Bolton is one thing, but to, to score five goals is, is massive, and I think that'll give him a lot of confidence. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not too many other big results. I guess you could pick out Hull dropping points against QPR, you know, going 2-0 up as a, a bit of a surprise, but neither team are, are likely to do anything this season now, I don't think. So, um, yeah, it, 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 was a, it was a good weekend, but I think that the main story is obviously coming from... Um, the Aston Villa game and the Leeds game, which we're going to come on to a little bit more. Yeah, you're quite right. The only other game I'd like to pick out just because of the circumstances was obviously Preston's victory, what, like I said, keeps them one of the form teams in the table. And again, they're only, um, well, the, the level on points with Aston Villa, it's just down to goal difference. Who, you know, Villa have got a superior goal difference there. Um, but yeah, Maguire with the 94th minute winner. So that keeps them, like I say, on a fine run of form. And obviously 
one of the dark horses and keeps your bet alive, Jake, uh, from from weeks and weeks ago. I think it was November when you placed that bet that they could potentially get in the playoffs. So, yes, let's come on to the Leeds United, Sheffield United uh, game uh, straight into the topics. Um, What's your post-match thoughts, Lewis, um, and what influence did this game have on the automatic promotion spots? Yeah, I mean, as you can imagine, um, absolutely ecstatic. Um, I did I did think we had enough to go to Ellen Road and beat them. I think the reverse fixture at Bramall Lane um, was really, really harsh. We definitely deserved a draw from the game, but obviously, if you remember, um, Dean Henderson had an absolute mare in goal and passed it straight to the opposition, so... I'd say Leeds were obviously the favourites going into the game, being at home. Um, but like you said, we was the informed team. Going into the game, we unbeaten in nine, hadn't conceded in six. And we've just won up that now. We're unbeaten in ten and haven't conceded in seven games. Um, yeah, it's crazy. That's, that's fantastic, that. Fantastic return. And to be fair, Chris Wilder couldn't have put it better in the post-match interview. Um, I wouldn't be able to word it better myself. Um, he said that during his time in the championship with Sheffield United, we've played fantastically and lost games. We've played fantastically in drone games, um, but we've never played poorly. I'm not saying we played poorly, but we've never been the second best team on the pitch and come out with all three points, especially with the magnitude of the game. On an attacking front, Leeds were the better team, but at the end of the day, it's what you do with the ball, and Leeds didn't have a single shot on target. Um, I can't say, I don't have enough praise in the world for John Egan, Jack O'Connell and Martin Craner. Um, all three of them in uh, the, this recent run of form have been fantastic. Obviously, Chris Basham playing a big part of that, but um, I mean, the amazing thing about the game is stood in the away end at Ellen Road and at half time we were all mourning and groaning why didn't Basham shoot in the 45th minute he hadn't yeah. really been part of the game um, he was kind of thrown into midfield out of position trying to take up um, the scraps within midfield and he was really lost and everyone around met we were screaming and shouting at each other why is Basham still on this field Basham needs to go um, and then we come out second half and obviously he's the match winner for a right-sided centre-half to be our second furs, uh, furthest forward on the pitch. I don't know if you saw the heat map of the game, but it was only Billy Sharp in the game who um, were, was further up the pitch than him for the majority of the game. Even David McGoldrick dropped deeper than what Basham did uh, for the majority of the game, which is outstanding. Um, but yeah, he certainly spurred us on to, to the victory and with him being our longest serving player as of as of now the squad now um it's nice it's a nice it's a nice touch for him um result of the game uh it now puts us in front um and i mean through previous results like when we dropped points i mean we didn't the free free aston villa um points like that we should have never dropped and i mean we've turned it around and now we, we obviously haven't conceded since that game, but we should have been on the front foot. We should have been points in front of Leeds. And now we've, 
we took that, we've capitalised on on the opportunity which Leeds gave us, and now it's it's in our hands. Um, we've got the squad depth for it, and I genuinely believe if you're comparing us and Leeds, because I do think Norwich are probably going to go and run away with the title, with the football that they're playing, I can't see them dropping many yeah. points. But, um, so do you, do you think that Sheffield United will finish second now then, Lewis? Um I mean, there's still eight games to go, and I won't disrespect any of the opposition. We've still got to play, obviously, Forest, Preston, Bristol. But our hardest run of the season's out of the way now, and with how we're playing our football at this moment in time, and with the squad depth we have, the likes of Martin Craney, who ten games ago, you would, if you would have said to me, "Oh, Martin Craney is going to be one of your outstanding performers come the end of the season," I would have laughed at you. And he's come in following Basham's injury and he's been outstanding defensively, one of our uh, consistent performers. And he's now, Chris Basham can't take him out of the team. He's one of those names that you you probably don't want in a top two championship team, but he consistently performs. So Chris Wilder, it'd be unfair to drop him. I do think, I am really positive now and I do think we've got what it takes to finish second. Yeah, I must admit, mate, you, you keep surprising even me every week because I've always thought this season that United would do what they did last season and eventually drop off. And like you just said, there's eight games remaining and they're sat second, so they've got every opportunity. I'd like to come to you, though. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Jake, as a neutral, what's what's your thoughts on Sheffield United and, and your reaction to the, to their victory against Leeds? Yeah, I'm glad uh, I'm glad Lewis picked up on on Basham because I thought he had quite a poor game as well up until you know that that latter part of the second half. Obviously, Leeds starting with him scoring the goal. I thought playing him in midfield was a bit of a risk, and I didn't think he looked great there. Um, looks a bit lost in the middle of the park, I thought, and and obviously it, it turned out him getting the winning goal, but it could have easily have gone the other way as well. I thought uh, Sheffield United did manage the game well. Um, it's always difficult to get to Ellen Road. They were going to be on the back foot for much of it, uh, but the thing we've seen with Leeds time and time again this season, if you soak up their pressure uh, and stay in the game, there will be chances because they do make mistakes at the back, uh, and, and they made two big ones um, at the weekend, obviously. Uh, the, the error for the goal um, from Cooper, they, yep. then going on to Casilla getting sent off, which you know sort of did you know stop any sort of it killed the game a little bit that did um 
Uh, and if that didn't, ha- yeah, it just re- it stopped stopped the flow of the game. I thought because um, they were sort of coming back into it. And I know they had one one big chance. I can't remember who it was, but I, I, they did it just before Casilla got sent off. But it was it was a good game, and I thought uh, Sheffield United did exactly what you need to do. This is the type of game that that when you go in, you know, going into the running against one of your rivals, you you don't want to lose it, and and you want to, and 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 the key way to do that is keep it tight and, and look to, to take your chance when it come, came and they did that and, and you know a few weeks ago against Norwich uh, they played very well and were unlucky not to win there so it does seem in these big games that Wilder is is, is showing his worth it and showing that he can mix it with the you know the, the top managers in, in, in the league because Bielsa is obviously very well respected across Europe voted in I think it was France football's top 100 managers of all time this this past week so he, he's obviously got yeah that's right calibre so um yeah it was it was a really good win but I think the I don't, I wouldn't go as far to say I think Norwich are completely completely out of it yeah I think we've got to a point now where you know with with eight games to go it's all about bottle and it's all about um, whether the players can manage that expectation, and it's one thing being the team in third chasing that top two, and it's another, t- it's another thing going in as as that team in second uh, and sort of leading away from Leeds. I think Leeds are going to be in the top two again this season. Um, I don't think it's going to mm-hmm. stay as it is, but that's that's not to say that Sheffield United are not going to get promoted. I just think there's more twists and turns in this race, uh, and it, it's very difficult to call. Um, I I'd still give Leeds a slight edge. Um, but they it, looking at the fixtures is very difficult. They've all got tricky games at this point of the season. Any game is tricky. Um, I, I, when when Newcastle were you know trying to get promoted from this league, we went away to Blackburn, who were relegated. And I think we lost there, um, and we we lost a couple of games that we perhaps shouldn't have done. So it can happen. Uh, obviously, Brighton as well. That they towards the end of the season that they needed you know a point to get to get the title, and then they went you know lost three games in a row. It, it, it's difficult. Um, to predict because it, it the pressure just adds another dimension that hasn't previously been there so we don't know how any of these teams are going to deal with it the one thing I would say is that, that Sheffield United a lot of these players got promoted from League One so they know what's required although that wasn't quite as tight it was quite easy uh, towards the run and they were already pretty much there but they, they've got that experience and get promoted so I think that, that will give them a bit of an advantage but looking at their fixtures you know Bristol City at home Difficult game, although Bristol City is somewhat on the slide. Preston away, that's a very difficult game. Birmingham away, it is tough. Hull away, it you know Hull away is one of those fixtures that is, is very difficult because they score a lot of goals at home, and and that will be a test. Um, yeah, t- they they got some tricky games, but Leeds have also got to play Preston away, Birmingham away, Brentford yeah. away. There's uh, Aston Villa at home, you wouldn't want to play them. Uh, and Norwich as well. They've got a few difficult games, so it's 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 very difficult to call. I think all three teams are still in the race. I wouldn't completely write Norwich off yet, although they are big favourites to go up. But yeah, I, I think there'll be changes. Uh, but I think I, I would give Sheffield United the advantage purely. You know, obviously they're in second place, uh, but I just think that experience they've had in League One will would be very important. But I don't think we, you know, the possession is going to stay the, uh, the same because I do think Leeds will be back in that top two at some point. Whether they finish there is, is obviously another question. But one one question I'd just like to throw to Lewis quickly is, you know, there's three teams at the top now. It's going to be two of those three. Do you fear if you miss out on those that you, you know, lose all the momentum going into the playoffs? Because that's something that I, I would be worried about and we've seen in the past um, you know Brighton the year before they went up they, they were so close and got knocked out in the semi-finals it, it does seem to be that team in third doesn't often go up um, so I just want to know your thoughts on that really yeah um, well yeah I'm, I'm sure uh, Louis will be aware of this stat but 
Um, Sheffield United are actually the we have the worst record in playoffs ever in the history of our club. Um, yeah. We've had seven playoff campaigns and never won one. So, looking on historical events, if we finish third, we're probably not going to go up. And I mean, I would back this team. I back Wilder, and from a footballing perspective. I believe whether it's Norwich, Sheffield United or Leeds, barring a miracle that someone else now catches us three, um, I believe whichever of those three drops into the playoffs will will go on, on to win. Um, but yeah, if I really, I can't even think about dropping into the playoffs, if, um, if I'm being honest to you. Um, the only football match I've ever cried at, a fun fact for you, is against Huddersfield at Wembley. Um, so I really don't want to relive those memories. Um, but I do, I would back, I would back this team and I would back Wilder as a manager to be able to keep the bottle of the players. And even if we did have a a slight uh, slip away, like we've seen against, uh, a, a, like at Villa Park, if something like that does happen, um, if it would happen at the last game of the season, I would back Wilder to be able to pick up um, the players because I think we've got a lot of leaders in there. I mean, I can't think to how crucial Ollie Norwood's been in um, the change room this season. Obviously, back-to-back promotions with two different clubs. If he goes up with us this year, this will be the, the back-to-back-to-back promotion he's got to the Premier League. And it's his third different club. Um so we've got we've got the players in there. Billy Sharp, obviously, um, born leader and born blade. So he should help us in that. But I dread to think if it does come around. But I would back the blades to go up, regardless. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. There's certainly going to be twists and turns, like we've talked about. And whoever does come third will, I believe, you know, be firm favourites for the playoffs. But as we know, we talk about the the playoffs are a lottery. So. God knows who's going to go up. I mean, we all know that from fifth right down to about 14th at the minute, there's there's teams fighting for those positions. So we're going to come on to that into the topics. Uh, but quickly, if you don't mind, we're just going to name a couple of standout players from this week with all the games covered now. Uh, so I'll come to you quickly, Jake, first. Um, any couple, any players that you you just want to name that stand out? Yeah, I think uh, Jack Grealish was very good again. Uh, I think he's yeah. he's the player that makes Villa tick, and now he's back in the team. They're looking like a real force, and they're the one team I wouldn't want to uh, to play at this point in time, which is unfortunate for I think Norwich, who have got them to come uh, on the fight uh, at some point, so that could potentially play into that. But no, he was very good again, uh, and yeah. Um, I think uh, going back to the whole game, they didn't win, but Jared Bowen, obviously, another good performance from him, two goals, and I think that he is going to be playing Premier League football next season, even if Hull are not, which looks like it's, it's going to be very difficult for them to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I think he he's obviously one of the stars of the season, and, and he had a very good game again. So they were the two for me that stood out. Uh, what about you, Lewis? Any other players you want to name? Yeah, um, I've obviously said uh, John McGinn previously. He... I think he's the man in the team that really does bring Jack Grealish out. Um, He gives Jack Grealish the freedom to go and attack. Not saying John McGinn isn't good on the front foot, but he's also amazing at just picking out those grindy passes. Very similar to John Fleck in a way, how John Fleck lets Ollie Norwood dictate the game. 
Um, but I think, yeah, John uh, John McGinn, more so for Villa. And then, yeah, um, I'll just reiterate back at how good Martin Craney and Jack O'Connell was against Leeds. Um, the amount of the amount of forward passes that you're having to deal with, having Hernandez, um, Bamford, etc., etc., for Leeds, constantly driving, clutch. Um, we just sank the pressure and. Martin Craney experience here, Jack O'Connell, John Egan, I don't think he missed a header all game. Um, and that's why we're in this position now, because of those those three players. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's, you can always name a lot of players when it comes to standout player. Um, we've already mentioned Bannon, so I'm not going to touch upon him. But one player that I would like to say that stands out for me every week at the minute, despite them losing, is actually Sammy Ajay at Rotherham. He just seems to score every week at the minute. And without him scoring the goals, I think, you know, Rotherham could be somewhere similar to where Ipswich are at the minute. And they're just keeping them afloat and giving them the possibility of staying up this season, whether or not they do. Um, But let's move on to the next topic. We've kind of touched on it a little bit already, and it's all about your guys' predictions. Uh, So with the race for the playoffs hotting up, like I've mentioned, there's eight or nine teams potentially could finish in there yet. Um, But what two teams, if you were to predict now, would you predict to to be playing in the playoff final? We'll come to you, Jake. That's a very difficult question. Uh, I'm not even certain he's going to be in the playoffs, Louis, let alone he's going to get to the final. One thing I, 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 I will say is I think Aston Villa will be in that playoff final again. Um, I just think everything's clicking for them at the right time. A few weeks ago, yeah. they, they couldn't beat anybody uh, except Ipswich. I think they went on a run of like not eight or nine games where they'd only beaten Ipswich, but now they've won four on the bounce, beaten some very good teams in that, a Derby, Middlesbrough... Um, um, of a derby as well, that that big win against uh, Frank Lambot's team. So they are really clicking into form, uh, uh, and they look like you know they've got goals. They've had goals all year. Tammy Abraham's probably the the best goal scorer in the division if you look at goals per minute and and you know the chance he's had. Excuse so. me. <laughs> was was you know that could normally go down without a, a contention, but Billy Sharp as well is up there. But I just think Tammy Abraham is just it, what he's done in, in you know a, a shorter amount of time. It's, it's been very impressive, and if they keep, you know, I'd, it... I'd go for Pookie. So we've all got a different opinion there. there we go. <laughs> but no, I think Aston Villa will be in that playoff final. I'd like to see Preston make the playoffs at the at minimum, purely obviously because I I predicted them two in November when they were down in twentieth. So the fact they're now at seventh, they've they've been doing very well. But I just think it, it, it's all a little bit tight with them at the moment. They're not they're not convincing me as much, uh, despite mm. their recent good form. But I, I'm not surprised that they're in the picture because I thought I thought this is where they probably should be. Um, but it's probably going to be, I, I think, West Brom. You know, I think it's going to be West Brom, Aston Villa. I don't think the team that, that misses out on top two will make the, the, the will go up. I just think it's it's too much emotionally invested, um, and, and it can be difficult to bounce back from it. Obviously, all those all three of those would would hope that they would, but it, it's difficult. So I think it's going to be two teams that are not currently in that, that picture for the top two. See, I, 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 Aston Villa and West Brom are two for me. I just think West Brom have got a lot of good players. And I think the gamble they've taken on Darren Moore seems to be paying off a little bit. They, they've they've had a couple of wins. don't think it's been that convincing by any stretch, but you know they've just got the quality. Uh, and if they do make an appointment, which they probably should, because I don't think they should entrust the caretaker to, to take this on to, to potentially Wembley. Um, if they make a good appointment, I think they're 
going to finish the season strongly. So they're the two for me that I just think they're going to going to be the two form teams going into it. So Yeah, well, I'll follow on from that because I've got down uh, Aston Villa and West Brom as well. I believe that those two could be in the playoff final this season. So I'm not going to go into more detail because you've done so already. But for the same reasons that, yes, West Brom are going to have a new manager. Um, that'll be interesting. And then obviously Villa, I think, are just going to hit form at the right time. So I can see those two in the final at present. Quick question for you, though, Jake. If Preston were to finish in the playoffs, how much are you due to win on that? Yeah, it, it, I think it was £75 for five. So it's not even that much considering they're 20th. <laughs> but I had to put I had to put something on it because I put that big prediction out there. So, <laughs> but no, they're doing very it's well, few, aren't they? It's a few shandies and apple sours. It least, is, exactly. Louis, my tip yeah. <laughs> We'll come to you then, uh, Lewis. This will be interesting. So if you were to predict two playoff finalists at the moment, who, who would you go for? Yeah, well... I've got to be confident, and I can't say it. I'm not going to say the Blades, because um, obviously we'll have finished second by then. Um, but I will go with Leeds. Um, like I said, I think whoever does finish third will go on to win the playoffs. Um, I know it, the amount of pressure which builds onto that third-place team, especially with it being a three-horse race, but just I can't look at it from anything else and just a f- proper footballing standpoint. Um, they're the th- yep. Rich Blades and Leeds, they're the three best footballing teams in the league. Um, all three play fantastic uh, stuff and I think they all deserve to go up. Um, West Brom, I don't agree with. Um, I actually think sacking Darren Moore was a really bad decision and, and I don't know whether he lost the dressing room or I know they had a terrible home record which no one ever wants. But is it really a smart move to sack your manager with 10 games to go when you're still in the playoff race? Um, I don't know how West Brom fans are feeling personally, but if that happened to my club, I think I wouldn't be very happy, especially um, with it just being such a short amount of time. But um, I can definitely agree um, with the Aston Villa Um Dean Smith really seems to have got them ticking as of late. And I'll go back to the 3-3 against us. I think a team like that that can be down at the 60th minute 3-0, but still have that oomph and have that power behind them and the commitment to still chase the game. And excluding that two of the goals were major goalkeeping errors, you have to have that commitment and that enthusiasm to pounce on errors. And I think they've just got the grit and determination to get the far. And if there was any team to knock the third place at, at Wembley, I think it would be Villa. Yeah, so we all agree on Villa then. Um, I think, yeah, like I say, they've hit form at the right time under Dean Smith as well. And they've also got the players and, you know, the, the work ethic that Lewis has discussed there. Um, so... Coming on to the next topic, which is quite an interesting one. So I want you to exclude all loan signings in the championship now and tell me who you think is the highest valued player in the championship. Not the best or, you know, any, anything like that. Who is Who you think is the highest valued player? If, if a team was to come in in the summer and, and pay a fee, who would bring home the most money, if you like? Uh, so come to you, Jake. There's a few on this one. I think uh, that there's one very obvious Obvious player, um, 
that I'm sure we'll all agree on Jack Grealish purely because the money's already been put up for him and we know that there's, yeah. there's teams willing to spend it so I think he's he's the, the most valuable player in this division but there's, there's a few others I think um, at, at Brentford they're going to get another nice payday at some point this summer uh, Ben Rama, uh, Watkins and and more pay could all go for 10 million plus, 15 million plus even, uh, given the modern market. Bradley Dak, I think, mm-hmm. would go for a lot. Um, uh, and Jared Bowen, if Hull weren't such a selling club, they, he'd probably go for a bit, but I'm, I'm sure he, uh, a club will get a bargain on him this, this summer. But they're the ones that jump out for me without really looking in depth into, into the league and valuation and things like that. But I think Jack Grealish is just the outstanding one. I think he'd go for a lot of money tomorrow. Yeah, he's at the top of my list. I've got down Dak, uh, Jared Bowen as well, uh, Mope, all young players, um, all English as well, except for Mope, obviously. I've got Dwight Gale on there also. Uh, we know what kind of money he's worth in the championship. The only problem is he's, he's reaching that. He's, he's pushing 30 now. He's 29 and he's, he's fantastic he's at this level. He's a player, Louis. Come on. I thought we weren't doing loan players. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're quite right. So let's let's forget that sentence. Uh, but for me, yeah, Grealish is obviously uh, top of that list. So you know, 23 years of age, and like you say, he's been linked with Spurs, etc. Which is, you know, he's probably going to fetch around 30, 35 million pound, and eventually, when he does play in the Premier League, which you know, I believe will come. Uh, in time, um, he may he may end up in the England squad. So I'd like to know, Lewis, have, have any other players that you'd like to mention, or, or do you agree with us? Um, yeah, I totally agree. Jack Grealish at the top of the list. One player I'm not sure if you've both got down, but he's second on my list is Shea Adams. Um, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, former Blade. Um, really didn't like him at, at the lane actually, but he's turned into. A top-end striker, he's got it all young, English, pace and powerful. Um, but all I've got to throw in a little bit of bias um, and also just look outside of forwards. I think Jack O'Connell is probably the, should be the highest-valued not non-forward, if you will, being 24 English, just a massive brick wall. I think the entire bottom half maybe even bottom 12 of the Premier League at this current time, he fits straight into their system. And I, I think if we weren't to get promoted with debt, we're easily getting 15 to 20 million for him. And another one I'd like to, yeah, to, to, it, to pick out from from the defensive point of view, I, I agree on O'Connell, he'd go for a lot of money. Um, wasn't really thinking defenders, but but with that comment, it's made me think of another player. And that would be Jaden Bogle. I thought I think he's had a good season with, mm-hmm. with Derby, 18 years old, played 30 games in the championship. As, you know, no mean feat at that age. And I think he, he's shown a lot of potential. And I think if he, he went tomorrow, he'd probably get, go for for eight figures, which, you know, would be a, a fair price, I think. Yeah. Good, Max Aaron's and Norwich. Yeah, as well. Oh. There's, there's a lot of players in the championship. It's, it, for those teams that don't go up, there's a lot of talent to, to be picked at. You know, a lot of those promoted clubs as well will probably come come for some of those playoffs, uh, players because Cardiff have shown that you can compete with you know, players from the championship. So I think some of those will, will be picked up. Yeah, it's interesting as well that most players that we name that are, are valued the most are, are English. And it is, 
it, it's strange that, isn't it? That you know, English players are always valued more. If Grealish wasn't English, would he be worth thirty, forty million? No, probably not. He'd probably be worth about fifteen, twenty. And you know, another, you know, we could, we can go on forever. I I could be biased and probably say, you know, Adam Reach would probably be worth twelve to fifteen million now. But I think if we, you know, we all agree on that, it's probably Grealish what does top that list. Uh, but that takes us nicely into previews and predictions. We've obviously got an international break, so we are jumping the gun a little bit. Uh, I've got to go right to Friday the 29th uh, to the next game in the Championship, which is West Brom versus Birmingham, so another derby. Um, but come to you, Lewis, what's your prediction for that one? Um, I think it might all be down to whether West Brom have got a new boss. Um I mean, Birmingham in derbies in recent uh, years haven't been um, haven't been very good, shall we say? Um, I know they haven't picked up um, a league victory against Villa in a number of years. Um, I think it's the same with West Brom, um, but I do. I think a team when it's a derby day, like the, the old cliche, all forms out of the window, um, but. Birmingham are in desperate need for points and obviously with this uh, 12 point deduction potentially happening that only leaves them two points above uh, relegation so they're going to have to be worried because whether it happens this season or next season they're in trouble Um, it's the transfer happened this year so you'd presume unless it was another West Ham Tevez saga, which I won't go into, but <laughs> um, you'll presume the points will be deducted, deducted in the season that it occurs. So, yeah, I think whether West Brom get a new boss, I think Birmingham will be well up for it. And if West Brom haven't got a new boss to spur the players on, I think Birmingham might, they'll definitely snatch some points. Whether it'll be a win, I'll just go for, keep saying, like a 1 1 draw. Okay, I'm I'm going to slightly disagree because I think West Brom are going to win this quite comfortably. I think the international break will do them good. Obviously, they have the dip under more. Uh, they're freshening things up. Uh, like I say, a couple of weeks off and readjustments might just see them hit a bit of decent form, which they obviously need to ensure a playoff spot. They should obviously finish in the playoff spots, but they, they need to you know, mathematically get in there. So I'm going to predict 2-0. Any any other predictions, Jake, regarding that? No, I think I think it's going to be a, a West Brom win, depending on, you know, what happens over the next couple of weeks. I think yeah. Birmingham are likely to get that, that point deduction. I think that, that seems look, looking like more likely than likely by the day. But, you know, it just makes their season a little bit more interesting. They've lost four on the bounce, probably, you know, going into, to, you know, nothingness for the rest of the season. That the, the players took a bit too long for them, but I don't think they'd go down even if they got those twelve points taken off. So you know, it could give them a little bit. Could you know, bad news could you know provoke a little bit of fight back from Birmingham. I think so. It'd be an interesting one. So yeah, I'm going to go two. Yeah, maybe. I think it's going to be an, it's going to be a close game, but I think West Brom will just shade it. Yeah, uh, and just so you know, like I said, that's on Friday the 29th. That's an 8 o'clock kickoff. But moving into the Saturday, uh, big games again. Um, so we'll come to you, Lewis, because Sheffield United are at home to Bristol City. 3 o'clock kickoff. What's your prediction for this one? Yeah, um, again, where in the informed team, Bristol not so. Um, 
I think in the past three games, have they only got two points? I know they drew to Preston, lost. Yeah, two, two points two in four three. games, actually. Yeah, is it four? Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, where obviously we haven't conceded in nearly ten hours of football, um, so we should uh, be on the front foot. With them being in a bit of a form, I presume and I hope we can continue going up, got, coming from the game um, against Leeds. And now the boys, apart from the number that are on international duty, are training in Valencia. So, um, but I saw an Instagram uh, post today, and it's actually it was actually raining, and it looked a bit better in um, in Yorkshire than it did in Valencia. So maybe they won't <laughs> be spurred on, um, as spurred on as they should be, but. It should be a comfortable uh, victory for us. I'll go 2-0, Blades. Yeah, I think so as well. I'll just correct myself. It's actually two points out of five games for Bristol City now, so it's worse than we thought. Um, but yes, I'm going to agree with you, Lewis. Um, Sheffield United, obviously, just, as we know, up there for the right reasons. One of the form teams, 2-1, I'm predicting to Sheffield United. Um, Jake, what's your prediction? Yeah, if it was the Ashton game, it might be a slightly different story, but I can't see past Sheffield United. I think it's going to be 2-0. Fair enough. We all agree with that one. Uh, final game we're going to predict again on the Saturday, but this one's the 5.30 kickoff. Huge game again at the top, uh, which is Middlesbrough versus Norwich. Uh, we'll come to you again, Lewis, for prediction on, prediction on this one. Yeah, um, pretty similar story to the Sheffield United-Bristol. Um, I'm sure you're going to you're going to hit me with the stats of Borough, but I know they've haven't lost. They haven't. They've lost the last three games against Preston, uh, Brentford, and Villa. Um, they have yet. So they're out of form. They're not looking good at all. I mean, uh, Tony Pulis' team, which is built on defend, 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 and they're conceding um, every week now, um, and it's only going to be a matter of time before they eventually drop out of the playoffs and. It doesn't look like um, a defence in the league that can hold off Norwich um, at this moment in time. Pook is on fire, Buendia is on fire, um, Hernandez is on fire. Um, again, probably maybe even 3-4-0 um, uh, to Norwich with how they're playing, even even with it being um, away at Borough. I, I just see it as a, as a route for Norwich. Wow, I didn't expect that. A huge prediction there, 3-4-0 <laughs> or or to Norwich, because I'm... I'm thinking um i understand what you're saying lewis but i think that the international break might do borough a bit of good i know like we said they've lost three uh, but i've predicted a draw in this one i'm sitting on the fence i know but i'm gonna go one one uh, so i'm interested to know your thoughts jake yeah i'm gonna go one nil middlesbrough there we go i'm gonna go oh no maybe not one nil but i think middlesbrough <laughs> are gonna win i think two weeks on the training pitch for Tony Pulis, I think he's going to get them back drilled quite well. I think Norwich could be a sense of um, complacency, I guess, with their recent run and everyone's sort of saying, oh, they're going up now. The pressure seems to have been taken off them and I think they need that sort of, you know, back-to-earth reality hit and I think it's going to come uh, against sort of a a well-organised Middlesbrough team. So, yeah, I think Middlesbrough are going to get back to winning ways. As much as I'd like to see them fall out of the playoffs, I can't see it myself. I think they... they, I just think they, they... they'll manage to get in there somehow. And I think it's going to start with a win against Norwich to sort of drag them back into the fight with Leeds and Sheffield United. See, I'm going to go with a 1-0 a one, one or a 2-1 to Middlesbrough. 
Wow, okay. So we've, we're all predicting... One of us is going to be right in a couple of weeks. You watch, the game will probably be postponed now. Um, so, yes, that'll be very, very interesting. Uh, but unfortunately, guys, with that, we're out of time. If you'd like to let our listeners know where they can find you, um, go ahead and that'll be a good time. Right, yeah. Um, my name's Lewis. Um, I've obviously been a Sheffield Giants supporter on this podcast. You can find me on Twitter at, at underscore LH9 underscore. Yeah, get me on Twitter, at Jack with two ends. I was on the Premier League show on this channel a few days ago talking about Newcastle, so check that one out if you want to listen to the richer league and, and the less entertaining league, go and listen to that one. And I've been your host. You can find me on Twitter, at Louis Shackshaft. Uh, please remember to follow the show, at Championship Pod, also, where you can uh, subscribe, like, retweet the show. Uh, we post each show to our pin tweet, so please check that out. Also, uh, we want to thank you all for listening, and we will catch you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.